All right, guys. Welcome to Car Thoughts with David. Uh, today on the show, I've got another great interview for you. Uh, this one today is with Lori, Lori Knudsen, and she is uh, a career consultant and also UMAP certified, and you have a company called Nobility Career Consulting. Is that correct, Lori? Nobility Consulting, correct. Okay. All right. So, so what do you uh, what do you do there? What do you specialize in uh, at Nobility? Uh, that's your own company, correct? Yes. Yes. I'm a self-employed career consultant. So I made the pivot to owning my own business after years in sales and also training roles and applied those principles and insights to now focus on students, high school age and college age as well as adults in claim to gain clarity on who they are and what they do best and help them, you know, empower them to find uh and make career choices and better life choices. All right. Yeah, I mean that's that's very important because I think a lot of people, you know, when they get out of school, they really even if they've had some kind of guidance or or idea a lot of times, once they get out there, they're not really sure what they want to do when they get to college because there, um, you know, so many different possibilities present themselves. Yeah, and there's so many options now. I mean, this is even for people that may not be considering traditional college, and just to see what really is right for them specifically. So, as I do coach adults, but I really have a special interest in working with students because I really want to change the way parents as well as students go about the decision-making process and choosing a career and really starting from scratch and seeing, you know, what what the personality is, what aligns with them, and we can do that through determining what their strengths are, which I love doing strengths assessments, the Gallup. Uh, or Clifton Strengths Finders, because that's everything you do right, but it's your innate natural talents, and they're unique to you. So that you can, you know, use to um, formulate for your interview questions, essays, applications. If you're a college student, it can work with you your whole life. And the uh, knowing how to speak to them and articulate them is, is really an advantage, and there's only one in 33 million people that share the same five top traits, so it really is your unique contribution. Um, The other thing that we look at in the series of assessments is values. Values is often a component that is overlooked. We don't really think about that, but sometimes positions can be a good fit for us based on skills, based on what we like or or even our strengths, but they violate what we value. And so having that as a kind of a point of reference, for students it's really more of a cross-check because they'll look at, you know, what my strengths, what their strengths are, what their motivating skills, the things that they you know, desirable skills that they would like to do, but that also points out what your burnout skills are, and those are the ones that you really want to avoid. And 
the other advantage to that is, you know, again, for choosing a career, but also for jobs down the line is it saves you time by not wasting, like, applying for jobs that are not a good fit for you because they do consist mostly of your burnout skills. And then lastly, we look at career interest, and then you tie those together with how your personality is wired, and you really get a great, you know, picture of what is a good fit for you, and that, you know, is the gift and the advantage that students can have right out of the gate to then target schools or uh, vocational type training or whatever it might be, they're going to know what careers are going to be the most fulfilling for them and provide them the most satisfaction because it actually connects with how they're wired and prefer to prefer to work. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's super important because, I mean, I, I know so many uh, young people that I've worked with, you know, they're like, oh, you know, um, yeah, I've got this degree, I'm out of college, and I can't really get a job in what I went to school for or, you know, the career, uh, the stuff I took in school didn't really apply to what I'm doing now. And it's a it's a pretty hefty chunk of change, so you want to make sure that if you are taking that traditional college route that you're you're wisely investing it in something that, like you said, is not a burnout skill where you're like, well, I thought I'd really like this, but once I actually got to doing it for a full time as a job, I, I, I can't stand it anymore. You know, it's driving me nuts. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have many friends that, you know, went to school. A couple of them were teachers, graduated with, you know, teaching degrees and hated it. I have several friends that received law degrees, so not only did they get their four-year but got an advanced degree and did not enjoy it. It was not aligned to them. So, you know, throughout my own experience of being a high school student and really not having the resources available and kind of struggling with, oh, do I really want to do this? I don't know. And then now as a parent, uh, you know, a daughter that's in high school, and then I have a son in middle school, so I'm going to be going through this process with them. So it's a selfish, selfish on my part, too, that even though there's so many more resources available, you really have to piecemeal it, and it's still not specific to the individual. So I really want to make that process easier. Yeah, and I mean that's that's definitely the thing there is to, to make it uh, yeah more quick so you can help people faster, right? Yeah, and I you know like I mean some of the questions that come up and I I you know I'm thinking okay what would I want to know as a parent? I mean you know obviously beyond like okay what it is or what what's involved, but why? You know, my child has an academic counselor. I mean, don't they, you know, cover this? And the the fact is that most high school academic counselors are stretched thin. Now, that may not always be the case in some public, or not public, but private high schools. But in most um, public uh, academic counselors, the... Uh, the interaction is limited to course and college selection. 
So you don't really have a, a tremendous amount of access in one-on-one -on -one time. And they're really stretched thin. I mean, the average, national average caseload per counselor is 500 to 1. And some, are, some states are as high as 800 to 1. My daughter's school is a very large high school. They have eight academic counselors. So they, they do a phenomenal job, but they are not, you know, equipped to really be a career guidance counselor, I guess, would be the, you know, the term there. They're, you know, getting them set up for college interviews and stuff. But as far as discovering what's a good fit for them, they're kind of left on their own. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing is also, you know, if, what if uh, traditional college isn't a fit for them? That might not be something that a high school guidance uh, counselor type of role would uh, be equipped to actually handle uh, as well because, you know, some jobs really don't uh, need college or some of the new types of careers that are coming down the pike that are, you know, people are gravitating towards as well. Yeah, it's um... – and like I said, there's so many more options because with technology that, you know, how it's evolved, there's careers that weren't even an option that now are with all of the social media, marketing, and uh, Internet, um, you know, app designs and gaming. There's uh, a tremendous amount of different, you know, opportunities that – previously didn't exist and also on the flip side of that is there's a lot of people that as adults are now having to transition because their roles are changing due to technology so there's there's the good and the bad with that and we you know I, I work with adults and transition as well because of you know the organizations downsizing or technologies changing and they're, they're rolling out to a new um, process that now they don't need that skill set. So it's always, you know, good to be thinking ahead and always keep your resume and your LinkedIn profile and your, your networking uh, in place and, and really work that because you just don't know, unfortunately, when something like that is going to occur. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, when I was in college, which was many, many moons ago, um, I was the actually the youngest person in my class by uh, uh, almost 20 years. And it was because of that um, very thing where all of these, you know, companies were getting new computer systems in and replacing the old paperwork. So all the people that wanted to keep their, their jobs – um, had to evolve and go back to school to get a degree in computers and, and word processing. Um, and then, of course, at the same time, none of my actual teachers or professors in college actually had uh, computer degrees because uh, <laughs> the computer program was so new, they were actually pulling the mathematicians, uh, the professors that wanted to just move into that, they were pulling them to be professors for the computer courses. So I know I'm dating myself a little bit there, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, and, and it was true then and it's even more true today. 
Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. That you know, cause my husband's in a in a similar field, and his was in math and computer science. But a lot of the, the there was crossover from some of the uh, professors. So you're you're correct with that, and in, in that sometimes the the demographics of the students change too as adults are shifting and trying to you know get their skills up to date and learn new new things in transition so it's uh it's always a interesting world and i've I've been on both sides of the coin i've I've been downsized uh by companies in effect you know impacted by layoffs so I've been that job seeker so i am very in tune with that and have worn the shoes that many people are in and it's uh it can be daunting in and trying to navigate you know going from having an identity that you know you're in this role and then you're not and so from that mindset i i think i'm able to i identify with those people and and help them move past that to get to a place where they're going to feel good about themselves, learn, you know, what they bring that others need most, and be able to produce a unique value contribution or a unique contribution statement that they can, you know, market themselves. So that's, you know, another way that I work with adults is, you know, obviously the job seeker but also for career development, you may have someone that is really trying to, you know, really ambitious employee that wants to keep, you know, developing and growing and wants to always fine-tune their skills and being able to articulate your strengths and what you do well is really uh, empowering. I and mean, when I had my... Um, Strengths and assessment done in my own UMAP, it really was a confidence boost because I was never able to to speak to those things that I just did naturally. So I didn't really give it much thought. And, and that's a lot of people tend to discount those things, those natural strengths, because they because they are natural, because we just do them it's the way we are. We don't really put value on it, but yet there is so much value. And and that's a tremendous, tremendous thing that we, you know, teach people to speak to. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's so important because I know that's one of my biggest uh, things, you know, and what I'm working through with, uh, with UMAP and all of that is – you know, learning how to sell myself and how to talk about what I do because, you know, I've always been in those interviews, you know, where it's like, so why should we hire you? And I'm like, uh, because <laughs> uh, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's interesting because Kristen Sherry, who I know you had interviewed previously, she always talks about your, your skills or, you know, the job post and, even if you line up, you know, line item by line item, 
those are considered the price of admission. And when I first heard that, I was like, oh, I hate that. You know, because you really, you don't want to hear that. But the more that, you know, you think about it from the interviewer's standpoint is that, yes, that's what gets you in the door, but what makes you stand out? And, you know, there were interviews before I had my strengths and UMAP assessment done that I wasn't able to articulate as well what I did. And so, you know, hindsight, you're thinking, gosh, if I would have known that, this could have had a different outcome. But that's where, yeah, you can you can have your your scenarios lined up. So if they're doing star interview questions, which many companies utilize, like situation, task, action, and result, if anyone has been blessed to not have to go through those, the, uh, the star process will, you know, like tell me about a time that you faced adversity and what did you do and how did you overcome that and what was the result. And if you know that you're on a ranger or that, you know, you have input and you're able to get up to speed quickly and, you know, maximize a lot of moving parts and resources and, you know, just kind of like giving fragments of examples here, but you can speak to the interview questions specifically from your strengths. You can actually do strength blends and how they work together to actually tie into your star stories. You always want to have examples of what you've done well or if you've, you know, uh, initiated a process or made a big change or managed a big budget, um, anything that you can either quantify or show how it improved something within the company then that's what you want to speak to because you always have to kind of look at things and think, what's in it for them? What's in it for them? What did I do? What do they get from me by hiring me? Well, you know, I built this program that captured $900,000 that was being lost because we weren't, you know, billing for this one you know, thing or something. And by doing that, then you're able to get a visual picture right there. Okay, it's like this person is looking for, you know, these these types of things and they're going to save us money and they're, you know, they're on it. So always trying to think of how to position yourself, what's in it for them, and what you bring, you know, what do you, what do, you do, what do you do well, and how does it benefit them? So everything is always focused because we always want to talk about ourselves and what we do. Like, I'm really nice. Please hire me. Uh, <laughs> I'm smart, you know. And, you know, most people are, but you you really have to, like, flip it to to speak to, okay, what what do they want? But also still be you because they're looking for your personality, which is really hard because when we go into interviews for that, uh, situations, they're, they don't always feel natural. And so I can also help with that. I do interview coaching and prep to where we, we can 
work through those scenarios so that you have your star stories or scenarios, whatever you want to call it. You have those prepped. And there's, you know, several buckets, depending on your industry, that most of those you'll be able to plug in. And you could just say, okay, uh, you know, persuaded or you know, had to overcome a difficult situation or had a difficult coworker or manager or, you know, you, you can plug and play most of those to fit the various scenarios and that's what you can, you know, work towards to, to make that happen. So there, there is help and, uh, that's, that's one of the things I do and I, I've, uh, had experience, had experience interviewing during my uh, downsizing days, and um, also, you know, just uh, informational interviews. I think you had mentioned something earlier in our conversation about people get out and they just don't like things. But I really, really encourage anyone, whether you're a student or an adult, to do informational interviews. Just reach out, have a conversation with someone, you know, introduce yourself. I even have sample emails or uh, letters that you can send if people don't know what to say. But, you know, letting them know what kind of role you're looking for and say, I'm interested in this. I noticed you work at this company. That might be one of the companies they're targeting. Uh, would you, you know, be available to speak with me? Or do you know someone at this company that would you know, would be, or I see you're connected to so-and-so, and and they work at that company, and that's one of the companies I'm interested in. Would you be able to arrange for me to meet them or, you know, set up a meeting or, you know, kind of act as a liaison? So those are the kind of things that the earlier you start those, because it's too late, and when you see that job post, and all of a sudden it's like at uh, business XYZ, and you're like going through your LinkedIn, oh, yeah, I know this person. Well, I've never really spoken to them, but yes, and then you're sending them a message. They don't know you. I mean, they're, they might talk to you, but they're going to be hesitant to recommend you. Maybe they'll submit your resume, but it, you really want to think think ahead and it is it is a lot to take in, but doing it like I've done everything wrong, so I can tell you what not to do because you know learning learning how not to do things and then doing them properly. I mean, I think when I was first starting out, I you know did not do that. Wasn't aware of the applicant tracking systems. I mean, there's so much to to be aware of and how your resume is structured, what, you know, keywords. It's, uh, once you get the hang of it, it's not that bad, but I, I helped someone uh, with a resume, a friend of mine, a coworker with one of the downsizings, and she, she's very talented and she's a nurse and she had all this great experience and, you know, she was commenting that I was you know, getting interviews and she hadn't gotten one call and I looked at her resume and I'm like, you, your resume is not even getting picked up by the applicant tracking system because you're not, it's not customized or not picking up any of the keywords in the, the job post. So 
there is a little bit of a science to it. And, you know, that, again, is a service that I, I can offer. There's also a lot of tips and people that post regularly on LinkedIn to um, a lot of recruiters that will offer advice and how to improve your odds in, in um, of getting through those you know, uh, ATS system. So I would encourage people to take advantage of that because it's, it's free, it's out there, uh, and it's a, it's a great value. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you, and you've mentioned uh, LinkedIn a, a couple times and, and that's a very important tool to use. Uh, of course, you were also the, uh, the, uh, host of, uh, LinkedIn Local Charlotte with, uh, Kristen Sherry and, um, you know, I think even even you know high school kids should probably have starting out into their you know LinkedIn you know uh, accounts because it's it's so important. Uh, you can make so many connections in business to get jobs or to find out about jobs through that. Yeah, I, I it's you know at first when I when I just saw like college kids on there and then I I saw. But like Ava Wetrick and, you know, Don Wetrick and everything that they're doing with his group. And then I've had some other high school students reach out to me, and it's great. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of times, and even my own kids are like, oh, that's for old people. But, you know, <laughs> it's, you know it's kind of like, you know, Facebook is to them. But it it really is a great tool. I mean, it's not an Instagram. It's not where you just, you know, go on and, and post random thoughts or crazy pictures. But I think it really is a great tool used properly. And I think that, you know, people in high school do generate a lot of respect for reaching out to people because it is hard and it is intimidating. But I find most of the people on LinkedIn to be very welcoming and want to help. And if it's genuine that, you know, you, they will try to provide some guidance or speak with you if you do have questions about what they do and want to know more about their particular career. So, yeah, I would, I would definitely encourage that. And, um, you know, I didn't even really go into the uh, the statistics. I know we just talked about people that go to college for, you know, get a degree, and then they're like, yeah, no, not for me. But <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that, you know, when I first heard this statistic, and I knew this to be true at least of one to two times, but they say that 80% of students actually change their major three times on average. I actually met someone last week uh, that she said she changed her major six times. And I was like, good grief, because <laughs> three times is a lot. And when you think about that, and especially if you have scholarship money or anything tied to that, sometimes you have a time frame and you can lose, you know, you're obviously going to have more credits because a lot of those credit sometimes will not transfer into that other major. Once you get past your your general education and you get into your core you know curriculum, 
that's where it, you know, gets gets a little bit, you know, messy if you're changing and switching things around. I took a long time to complete my degree, uh, and I didn't, I didn't really change much, but I just wasn't sure that it was right for me. And, you know, I completed my degree in business administration. I probably would have went with more of an emphasis on marketing rather than just business administration because I did not enjoy the analytic math and statistics part of it. I mean, I can, I can read statistics. I can read a clinical trial. I can understand it, but I do not want, it makes my head hurt to just do the problems. So there are, there are people out there that that is their strength and they love it and they think, you know, everything is logical and it follows the process and order and it's always the same. And so there's, there's a job for everyone. You know, some things that we just, you know, make our head explode. There, there are people that are like, oh my gosh, that's like, I would love to just do that. So that's why it's, it's always good to not say, oh, I wouldn't, you know, that I couldn't imagine doing that. There, there is someone that probably has imagined doing that and is very happy. Right. Absolutely. And that's, that's where it comes in handy to have these types of resources because, you know, you're able to find that job where you're not, your head's not going to explode because you're sitting there doing math all day <laughs> or, <laughs> or running through Excel spreadsheets. Um, I've got a, a friend who actually, he's a wizard with Excel spreadsheets. And I, I'm, so if I have something that's too hard for me to figure out, I'm just, I just shoot him a text like, hey, I'm having this problem. This isn't working. And he sends me back the formula to plug in. That's his thing. That's what he loves to do. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. He'll see out from time to time. But, uh, yeah, because I try and stay out of the, the, the weeds on that because I just, I, I'm, I, I like the simple functions of Excel, but, not to the point where I'm sitting there building, you know, complex tables to, like, drill for oil or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I had a friend at one time was she could do pivot tables, I think, with her eyes closed. And she was so quick. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to learn this. So you have to slow down, like, really slow down <laughs> because I'm I'm not where you are. This is not my strength. It's not my calling. But she just loved it. Like she would just drill into data for the fun of it. And, and she was phenomenal at it. It was, it was amazing, but that, you know, you just, you know, at some point you have to acknowledge where you're, where you're strong and where you're not. And I'm okay with that, but it's, uh, I think, you know, one of the things too about utilizing coaching or or working with a coach is that it really gives you the gift of self-awareness. I mean, it it helps you, you know, know what works for you and what doesn't, which in the end is a big time saver because you're not wasting your time applying for things that aren't a good fit and you're going to understand, you know, what, what you do well, what you do right. And you know what what's interesting, what's a good fit, and and make sure that it aligns with what you value, because if it you know all those other things are in place, but it does not 
align with what you value, you could do the job well. It's not an indicator of how well you do the job. Even burnout skills, people can perform very well, but they're going to hit a point where either they're crying nonstop because they're miserable or they're the, the people that quit and don't even have another job lined up. They're like, I can't take it another day. Those are examples, but making sure your values are cross-referenced and asking, does this violate any of, like, my top five values? You know, are these in alignment? Because that sometimes is different, and everyone has their own values. And it's interesting where I think, especially as parents, and I know my parents and I've heard other people innocently comment, transfer their own values. Like I can remember someone saying, oh, well, get a job in this. You'll have career stability and, you know, you'll always have job security. Well, I don't know that job security in any career is is a given nowadays. But, you know, for someone that values, like, you know, risk and and adventure and really, you know, a lot of different changing aspects. Just being stable is going to be monotonous and and miserable over the long term for them. So it, it's not necessarily what what they value, just like going into a role like, oh, do this because you're going to make a ton of money. Well, I think it's important to look at feasibility for positions because uh, some people say do what you love and the money will follow. And that can be true. I think, you know, there there needs to be a certain point of saying, okay, what are my trade-offs? And if I'm doing this and I'm fulfilled and I feel satisfied, am I willing to, you know, not have some of these other things? Because there's there's trade-offs, obviously. And just being able to, if you have a career, though, that sustains you, that you can pay your, you know, for your roof over your head and car and food and, um, you know, the necessities, then that's good. And what you value and what makes you happy is different than someone that may be making seven or eight figures in salary or more and uh, have a very different lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is you've got to make sure it's something you want to do because I know for me, um, as a as a worker, you know, I I find that I like a challenge. I like things to change and the uh, the monotony sometimes of the day in and day out, you know, does definitely wear on me because I'm just like I, I I wish I could you know uh, have something different, something new, something exciting, but at the same time, I've then got to go find another job. So I know a lot of people struggle with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because we're creatures of habit. Even people that embrace change and like new things, we get comfortable, and it, it is scary to make a change. And that's, you know, another thing that I can help, you know, be be your guide and walk alongside of you and partner and mentor to make those changes. It's it doesn't, I mean, it can be scary, but it 
it doesn't have to be. We can minimize that because knowing what to do and taking the steps to position you and differentiate you is is going to, you know, give you a level of self-confidence to, you know, get that new job or that, that, you know, new career. And as a student, it's going to give you the confidence for college interviews, internships, knowing even what positions fit for you. I mean, there's um, another statistic that was saying 75% of grads don't know what positions fit them. So here they got this degree. They've decided they're going through. They're thinking, okay, you know, I like this, right? But they don't even really know what they should be applying for. And sometimes in some, like, for example, business, I'll just say business, because that's pretty broad range of stuff. If they just have a general area with their, you know, and don't have a specific focus, they may not know where, you know, where the best position themselves and what roles they should be applying for. And, again, doing the assessments, they're going to know exactly what roles are a good fit and where to position themselves. So that's, that's another way that I help students is, you know, ideally, I mean, with adults, we just get them later. It's never too late to figure out what you want to do, but with students, we can start from scratch. College students, if you're already there, but you're just not sure you're on the right track or you're still kind of, you know, guessing and you've changed majors, we can, you know, put you back on track and help you figure out what what you uh you know, should be doing and and guide you towards that. And then adults, we can, you know, work on empowering and giving you the self-confidence to get out there and land that, land that role. And then, you know, I also do workshops for, well, for corporations, but also for student groups. Either I could do it in a high school setting or with homeschool groups and doing some. Um, so there's different applications there. It's not as specific because obviously like a one-on-one engagement, it's specific to you. But we do walk through a lot of the process and they will get the tools on how to do their own UMAP. And we, we go through that all the aspects, and then we also could just do string finders too. So there's a lot of different options that are that are available. But the main thing is, you know, one of my top values really is making a difference. I mean, my first is love and connection to others, you know, friends and family, and making a difference and fun. Those are my top three. I want to have fun. I also like to be challenged and and solve problems and solving problems for others and having the autonomy to to do that is is a great day for me. So, you know, I'm excited to be able to do this for others and, and now I'm just trying to create awareness that this opportunity is available for Students. I think most people are aware of career coaching 
for adults, maybe not so much as the UMAP since that's new, but for students, it's it's a different way to think about it. And uh, so I'm hoping to create awareness and and let parents and students know that it doesn't have to be the way it always has been. That there is, you know, a new new process, a new tool to to help them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and one thing you mentioned about uh, homeschool groups is because uh, I was actually homeschooled as well. You know, you didn't necessarily know about a lot of those potential resources that were out there because, you know, a lot of homeschooling's really like taken off in the last couple of years. But when I was in school, you know, we'd call the state and they'd be like, "Oh, um, well, I mean, just do whatever you feels right." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of guidance or information that was provided at that time, and so so having those types of resources available, you know, what um, in programs that could help you find where you wanted to go after you left homeschooling, because it was a unique, um, a unique situation. You know, some colleges would accept you; others required you to go get your GED. Um, even mm-hmm. graduated, things like that. I don't know how it is necessarily now. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> it's really taken off, and I know just speaking to the Charlotte community, but I think nationally, I mean, there are like huge conferences, but there's just so much out there in the community as far as uh, offerings, and even schools that partner with parents and students to offer some of the more um, like challenging high school courses so that you're not having to do it all that you know there there are these resources and uh things available even from intramural sports which in in different opportunities so it it really is uh it's interesting. I've I've learned a lot in the last couple of months with some of my conversations with the homeschool parents and uh, the community, and it really was an eye-opener because I did not, you know, think that there – I had friends, that, or I should say I have friends that homeschool their, their children, they're younger, but I didn't really real, realize how much was available now that wasn't previously. So – it, it is an option for parents that are thinking about it, definitely. Right, absolutely. So um, so as far as that goes, I mean, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show and sharing this, and I, I really hope that uh, if anybody's listening and wanting to know, like, here I am, 37 years old, I still don't really know what I want to do when I grow up. There are programs like this out there. So where's the best place to, to reach you and to find you online, um, you know, to, uh, well, to get in touch? Yeah, thank you, David. Uh, the, the best way to reach me is to send me an email, and that's Lori, L-O-R-I, at Nobility Consulting, and that's spelled K-N-O-W. B I L I T Y Consulting C O N S U L T I N G dot com, and I also can be reached on LinkedIn at Lori and it's Lori L O R I Knutson K N 
U D S E N. I do my website is uh nobilityconsulting.com. It should be live by the end of the week. I've actually just made some changes to it. We had to adjust some things for the mobile view. But uh, if you want to wait, that will be live, and then all my information is on there as well. And I do offer free consultations, so I would encourage anyone to either send me a message on LinkedIn uh, I also will be creating a, you know, Facebook page as well as uh, on Instagram so people can, you know, find me there. And then my website, uh, if they, you know, want to send me a message or just email me. Okay. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today on the show and hope you have a great rest of your day. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Hey, everybody. David here from Car Thoughts with David, and I just wanted to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them. And that's all well and good, but sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle Publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So... By all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you, guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.